Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. Week one of this month, Brad, Pastor Brad talked about the responsible decision, the buck stops here. And then the next week I talked about the guided decision, how to take knowledge and, and how, uh, pardon me, how to take education and knowledge and turn it into wisdom and understanding. And then the next week we had a, a special guest and he spoke on the active decision, just do it, just get it done. Then last Sunday we had, we had a fabulous, fabulous time because I talked about a certain decision, a decided heart. And we had, we had probably over a hundred people either commit or recommit their life to the Lord last Sunday in the three services. And I think that's just, that's just incredible. Because I really believe in my life, in my heart, you have to come to a place of settling. You have to have a settling place. You have to say, this is where it starts and this is where it stops. This is where I step over the line. I am a part of the kingdom of the unashamed. I love Jesus Christ, and I don't care who knows it or who says anything about it. This is what I am. It's who I am, and it's what I'm about. Amen. But today, I'm going, I'm going to wrap this up, and for our study groups, our life groups, I'm going to teach today on the joyful decision. Everybody say joyful decision. I want you to laugh a little bit. Come on. That's so weak. <laughs> Y'all are the weakest laughers I've ever seen in my life. It's hard to laugh sometimes. A lot, of t- a lot of tough stuff going on in the world. A lot of things are happening. There's a lot of evil out there. But at the same time, we're, we're going to stand on top of it today. It won't get on top of us because we believe that God is our refuge. I want to read a, I want to read a passage today. My subtitle is Today I Will Choose to Be Happy. Everybody say Today. I will choose choose to be happy happy. today, today, today. Paul said from a prison cell, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, get happy in the Lord always. And again, I say, get happy. First Thessalonians chapter five, he wrote it this way and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Let me, let me interpret that scripture for you. And everything give thanks. Say, and everything give thanks. Because that's the will of God for you. Not the stuff that might be happening. That might be something that hell tried to throw at you. But in everything give thanks. Because that's the will of God in your life. So we give thanks today because of the horns. <laughs> you knew I was going to slip that in. I love you. You can be seated. I won't be long. I'll be like Henry VIII told his fifth wife, I won't keep you long. <laughs> All right. I've come to make a declaration today. I will live and I will celebrate a happy life. I'm going to do it. It's what I'm about. You're too old to talk like that. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm young enough to speak on it. Happiness is a choice. Great story. I read a long time ago about two men in the same hospital 
room and one was by the window, the other was away from the window. And the one by the window always described every day what was happening outside, outside the window. And the man over by the door was very jealous of the man by the window. And so the man would describe what he saw and it was beautiful flowers and beautiful trees and couples walking up and down the sidewalk and the sky was so beautiful and it was so precious, it was awesome. And the man over by the door said, I wish that old man would die so I'd get over there by the window. And the man did die. He died one night, late one night, and they came to remove his body. And he said, do you mind if I have that window over there? And they said, no, I don't mind at all. When they put him over there, he realized the man was staring at a brick wall. But it wasn't what he saw out there. It was what he saw in here that mattered. And there's a lot of people that are looking at a brick wall today. And I want to talk to you about that brick wall because I promise you there's something on the inside that can deal with anything that you're dealing with on the outside of your life. A joyful decision can be, become a powerful catalyst for change in our lives. Laughter, everybody say laughter, laughter, is an outward expression of enthusiasm. And enthusiasm is the fuel that drives this world. Happiness is not an emotional phantom floating in and out of my life. It's the end result of a certain thoughts and activities which bring a chemical reaction to my body. My smile is the most potent weapon that I possess. And your smile is the most potent weapon that you express. Let me smile or let your smile become your calling card. Let people say that's the smilingest person I've ever seen in my life. I don't know what he's up to or what she's up to, but man, they're happy. That's what Christians ought to be. It's a weapon that every one of us possess. It has the ability to break chains. It has the ability to break the ice. And it has the ability to calm storms. I do not sing because I'm happy. I'm happy first, therefore I sing. I was singing a song all week. I'm sorry, folks. This is so goofy. I apologize for being goofy. I am an educated man, but I apologize for being goofy. I got to thinking old Roger Miller's old song. And I sung it all week in my mind. I didn't sing it to the people I was with, but I sung it all week. He sung a song years ago back in the 60s, and you folks that are real young don't remember it, but he said, you can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. <laughs> is, that, is that precious? Think about that. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. You can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. But he said, but you can be happy if you mind to. He said, you can't take a shower in a parakeet cage. <laughs> what? He said, you got to... All you got to do is put your mind to it, knuckle down, buckle down, do it, do it, do it. That's the course. You can't go swimming in a baseball pool. You can't go swimming in a baseball pool. You can't change film with a kid on your back. You can't change film with a kid on your back. But all you got to do is put your mind to it, knuckle down, buckle down, do it, do it, do it. Here's one I like. You can't drive around with a tiger in your car. (laughs) And you can't go fishing in a watermelon patch. Is that cute stuff or what? Go look him up. Roger Miller sung this. And you can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. But you can be happy. If you mind to. When it looked like David had lost everything in the word of God. When it looked like he had lost it all. The people that had been joined with him. And were fighting against the kingdom of Saul. And and were trying to stay away from David being slain before he got to the throne. But when you see that David had this problem in Ziglag. He came there and the Bible said it was burned with fire. And everything that he had was gone. They had captured it. And the people that were 
on his team and on his side turned on him that quick and they thought of stoning him and they talked of stoning him. And the Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. I think that's one of the greatest phrases in the whole Bible is that David encouraged himself in the Lord. There's some time when you're all by yourself and nobody's going to be there to pat you on the back and say, good job. You tried hard. You gave it all you had. But sometimes you got to reach down and pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and say, I'm still a child of God. I still belong to the kingdom. David said, I call to remembrance my song in the night and I commune with my own heart because God has given me those songs. I promise you a happy heart, a joyful spirit is something that is a must in this society today. We are living in a hate world. We're living in a world divided by a lot of things. We're living in a world where a lot of evil prevails. A lot of things that we didn't know were going to come on. But I promise you, the enemy does not know how to handle happy. The enemy knows how to handle fear. The enemy knows how to handle people that are, are crushed under the, the arm of fear. But there's something about joy that people that are evil do not know how to handle. Let the joy of the Lord rule your hearts and your lives today. Come on, clap your hands. Let the joy of the Lord rule your heart and your life today. So I, I want to talk. How do I find this happiness? How do I find it? Here's, here's, here it is. You need to become thankful. Everybody say become thankful. Now, I know Thanksgiving's next, next month, and Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of all the year. And the reason is because I get to eat turkey, and, but then Christmas, I get broke again, and it takes us three or four months to catch up from Christmas, because our kids won't quit having kids, and I'm teasing. I wish they'd have a whole bunch more, so when I get old and cranky, they'll be able to take care of me. Everybody say, become thankful. thankful. Have a heart of gratitude. The Bible says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Too often, folks, we as people in life, especially in America, offer up prayers of a beggar, always asking for more and forgetting to be thankful for what we have. I really do not want my Lord to see me as a greedy kid. Always asking for more and forgetting to ever say thanks for what you have done for me. I have so much to be thankful for. I have my sight. I can hear noise. I have health. I have my friends. I have a blessed, blessed family. And the list is endless. Now, the U.S. standard rail gauge, I got to tell you this. The distance between the two rails on a railroad track is exactly four feet. Eight and a half inches. You'll never forget this. It's an odd number. That's the way they built them back in England. And the English expatriates built the railroads in the U.S. So they used the same standard they used back in old England. But why did the English use such an odd measurement? That is what they used when they built the tramways. But why like that then? This was the measurement they used when they built wagons. But why? Because these wagons had this odd spacing. If they had not used those measurements, the wheels would have broken down and worn out far longer before they would have worn out. And thus the roads had ruts with the same spacing. So, the, so who built the rutted roads? Are you ready for this? The Roman Empire, thousands of years ago. Some still exist. And the ruts are spaced exactly four feet. Eight and a half inches apart because the Roman chariots made the initial ruts. 
It's a classic example, folks, of this is the way we've always done it. It's about conditioning your mind. Some of you have come out of sad families. Oh, I feel like preaching now. You've come out of belligerent families. You've come out of, uh, out of families that are so dysfunctional and parents did not even hardly know each other, much less get along. You come out of families where you didn't get to eat together, where you didn't know whether you was going to have a meal or not in the next day. But I'm here to declare, you cannot condition yourself to that kind of thinking. You have got to understand that when you meet Jesus Christ, he is the one that brings the joy into your life. A lot of people, when they read this Bible, all they see is judgment and all they see is guilt and all they see is what I cannot do. But I find in this Bible over 700 instances of the word joy. I find that God helps me. I, got, I find that God wants me to be happy. He wants me to be joyful. He wants me to be grateful for what I have in my life. Do you realize there was a reason why he performed the wedding, uh, uh, the first miracle at a wedding? I believe more than Mary saying they have run out of wine. I believe more than that. I believe that Jesus looked and said, if I can get these people happy that trust in me, if I can cause joy to come into their life initially, I think they'll be able to endure the tragedies and things that's going to happen in their life. Everybody in this house needs a good old cup of joy in your life. Everybody needs some joy in your heart. You need to express it with happiness on your face. Come on, light up your face today and smile to the Lord and say, I want to make a joyful decision today in my life. Now here's an interesting twist. The imperial war chariots were made just wide enough, four feet, eight and a half inches to accommodate the back, of, back end of two war horses. Now listen, two war horses. Here's a, here's a twist. The next time you see two solid rocket boosters on the side of the space shuttle, think of this. They're made in Utah, but they have to be shipped by rail, and the tunnel is slightly wider than the railroad tracks. Are you with me? Four feet, eight and a half inches. So the major design feature of what is arguably the most advanced transportation system in the world was determined literally with the width of the backside of two horses. So can I say two rear ends <laughs> have conditioned some people into solid sadness the rest of their life. That's their condition. It does not matter what you have run into in your life. Let me declare that Jesus is a new answer for you today. And I declare all over this house. Come on, I declare. I didn't mean to say rear ends. I, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But that's what the note said. So I'm just going to preach. All right. But let me declare something. When you meet Jesus, you meet the joy giver. When you meet Jesus, you meet the well of everlasting water. When you meet Jesus, you meet somebody that'll be with you in trouble, in sickness, in pain, in sorrow. When you meet Jesus, you meet the healer. When you meet Jesus, you meet the Savior. When you meet Jesus, you meet the joy giver. Somebody ought to rejoice in that and be grateful. Some, the joyful decision has been conditioned out of your life. You've been conditioned out of joy. And it's the decision, it's the decision that is most controversial of all decisions, especially on its surface. Because see, complaining is an activity. Just as listening to the radio is an activity. And one may choose to complain and one may choose not to complain. Is it all right with you if I choose not to complain? Is that all right? 
Paul was standing in front of Agrippa in Acts chapter 28. And Agrippa said, do you want a lawyer to speak for you? Do you want to speak for yourself? He said, I'll talk for myself. Now, he's on his way to prison. He'll never get out of this prison. But he said, I think myself happy. I think some of us, we've got this positive reinforcement coming to us from all angles. But I think the greatest positive reinforcement you could ever get attached to is Jesus Christ. You need to think yourself happy today. Your Rockladon is waiting on this, on, 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 in the future for Paul. And the ship's going to be destroyed and torn apart. And they're going to have to go to an, an island called Malta. Paul's going to get bit on the hand with a snake. And he's going to snake, cast that snake in the fire and feel no harm. But there's a lot of things going to happen. But he said, I think myself happy. The thing that you need to do in your life is no matter what faces you, no matter what's coming against you, think yourself happy. Now, now I, I, I've, got to, I've got to preach a little bit. My dad always told me, don't complain, son, with your mouth full. Wow. When I was a kid, we didn't have anything. We didn't have nothing. I've told you about it. We, we were sharecroppers. My dad worked for 10 years for another man, made $27.50 a week, and that was in the 50s. And there was a lot of people making a lot more money than that. But... We never realized we were poor because mama could make the best cornbread and the best beans and she put that, that hog bone in those beans. Sweet Jesus. Lord, mama, I wish you hadn't passed on. I'd... Clara makes those kind of beans in our church. But we'd eat, we'd eat fried potatoes and we'd eat I, got, I, I developed a, a, a real love for bread, and I need to do with bread what I've done with Bluebell. I need to get it out of my life. <laughs> but I, ne- I, never, I, never, I never saw our life as sad. I never saw our life as sad because I, I just believe that God was bigger than anything in my life. And I remember when I was a little old kid, when I was about nine or 10 years old, about eight or nine or 10 years old, I can't remember exact age, but I used to go out on the back porch and I had this dog named Hunky Dory. And I would sing to that dog and he would, there wasn't no, there wasn't no America's Got Talent then. He might have won the, the blue ribbon. I don't know. But I used to sing to that dog. I used to play a little guitar. Mama taught me a little bit of how to play the guitar. My little old fingers, I tried to play the guitar and I sung myself happy. And I caused myself to understand that I was going to be joyful in life. And you know what? I found immediately that it paid dividends. Because I lived around kids that did, weren't happy. And they, 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 didn't, they said, we don't have enough. We don't have what it takes. We didn't have what it took either. But we could be happy in any situation. And I discovered as a third grader and a fourth grader in my classes that when you're happy, the teachers like you. Hello? That works in college too. It works on your job too. And I used to be able to, they used to let me erase, Rex, would you come and erase the blackboard? And I used to erase the blackboard. That was so much fun because I was the most notable student in the class. I told you I was going to preach different today. You you think I'm bragging on myself. No, I wasn't. I just learned a secret. I learned a condition in my early years that no matter what happened in my life, I was going to wake up with a smile on my face. I was going to respond because I was going to be grateful for what God had blessed me with, no matter if it was just beans and mashed potatoes and cornbread. I was going to be happy. We got to get happy, folks. We got to understand that the joy of the Lord is still the strength of your life. 
It went on up. Went on up. I didn't, my dad and mom wasn't preachers. I didn't have, I didn't have, a, I didn't have any blue ribbons. I didn't have no blue blood in me. And I told, I told my pastor I was called to preach and he laughed at me. And I said, can you give me some revivals? He said, no, your stuff's too shallow. Your depth is too shallow. You don't have nothing to say. And that's true. I didn't have anything. There, there was times I couldn't even find a, a text with a search warrant. You know what I'm saying. I, I didn't know how to preach. I didn't know nobody had taught me. I wasn't raised up in a preacher's home. I just heard good preaching. And so I tried to emulate it. So I would, I would try to emulate every preacher that I knew. And so when I'd preach something I heard him preach, I'd, I'd act like him. When I heard something that somebody else preached, I'd act like them. And I didn't have my own identity, but I did have one thing that they didn't have, perhaps. I had joy in my life. Amen. I had joy in my life. And all of a sudden, I started getting revivals. And, and I said, sir, I'm, I, I'm not good enough. I, I tell people, I'm not good enough to preach in your church. I don't have what it takes. I remember when I got a revival in a church that run 500 people, I was back in the bathroom, and I was throwing up. Oh, oh. I was just throwing up because I was so sick. I said, my God, I'm going to stand in front of all those people. And my mama called me in the office before church. She said, son, just look at them as cabbage heads. <laughs> and I got tickled. Mama got me tickled. And then somebody told me later, look at everybody like they're naked. Well, I don't want to look at that. Now. I don't want that. <laughs> but joy was a part. It resonated in my life. Joy, and it still does. I can't get away from it. You know why? Because I've been seasoned with this thing called joy. And I want to pass it to a congregation today because I don't know what you're facing tomorrow, but I know who is with you right now. And if you'll make a decision today that I will be joyful in the Lord. See, when you change your focus, you will change your feelings. It's impossible to be ungrateful and happy at the same time. Happiness comes from a grateful heart, from deep within. A grateful spirit keeps you from feeling sorry for yourself. The Bible says in Isaiah 61, to appoint them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The seeds of depression cannot take root in a grateful heart. Boy, there's a lot I could say about this. Thank you, Lord. But a great exercise for becoming a happy person is to sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and list the things that you're grateful for. Not what you don't have, but what you do have. Yes, Lord. And when you do that, expressing gratitude magnifies our happiness and brings us more happiness. See, the, under the old covenant, folks, there was a, what they called a wave offering. It was an offering where they would wave to the Lord and just give thanks for the grain that was in the field and for the wheat that made their bread. And they would take that grain and they would just wave it unto God and just say, hallelujah, hallelujah to the Lord God of Israel. And they would wave it. There's sometimes in our life that that wave offering is not just about praise. It's about a smile on your face and a joy in your heart. A countenance that says, I have got something in my spirit. Hallelujah. We used to sing a song when I was a little old boy. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? <laughs> Okay, okay, you know it, you know it. I wish somebody would live that. I wish churches around America would live that. We need to come out of our sanctuaries on Sunday morning with the biggest smile on our face. And when you get up on Monday, let it still be there because the joy of the Lord is still our strength. Next time you go in your house, just go to your bathroom and turn on the hot water faucet and fill that water. Go to the refrigerator and open that refrigerator and see all that's in there. 
Go to the pantry and see all that you got in there. My Lord, where's the chips I like? You got the round ones. I like the triangles. Where's my chips? The kids ate them. Oh, well, great. No, get you the triangle ones and eat. Be thankful. Go down to Mexico City. You know how they get their water? Trucks haul them to a square. They bring, their, they bring anything they can bring to haul water. Sacks. They bring plastic. They bring bottles. And they take that water. And no telling where it's come from. And they go back home. And they rejoice that they have something to drink. Let me tell you something. Ungratefulness and joy will never ride in the same chariot. Be grateful for all. Let me preach to you right now. Be grateful. Be grateful. Reach over and pat your family sometime and just touch your kid's head and, and bless your wife and say, I'm so happy. Bless your husband and say, I'm so happy. Bless your children and say, I'm so happy. I'm so thrilled. I've got, I've, got, I've got a man in this church and I preached about him last week and I want to mention him today. He, he's here in the house today. I'm preaching about him. He's sitting right over here. But he, he, he wears a smile on his face. You know, a smile is so disarming. It's so disarming. Uh, can, can, I, can I preach a little bit? Can you let me get into a realm here just with you just a minute? Some of you need to practice smiling. Instead of being on American Idol trying to sing, you can't sing. Everybody can smile. You know, you know it, it, it'd be neat just to go to America in the morning. The author of this book said, I laugh for seven seconds every morning. Laugh seven seconds every morning. Yeah. <laughs> You know what you do when you laugh? Endorphins are released in your body. It's called internal jogging. I may never run a marathon, but I'm going to last a marathon because I've got joy in my heart. I'm going to, I've got joy in my heart. I've got a spirit that's going to last forever. Hallelujah. You need to go to, you need to go to a mirror instead of doing this, you know. You need to look at yourself. You need to smile. How you doing? How you doing? Good to see you. It's the most disarming thing in the world. You all right? Good to see you. No, I'm talking to myself. I'm not talking to y'all. I'm talking to myself. You know, you're doing good? Yeah, doing good. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to do good today? We're going to do good today. Yeah. Just smile. Pastor, you're out of your mind. No, I'm trying to help somebody. Because I do this. I do this. I can't tell you the number of times that I go upstairs on a Saturday night and I preach to you on a Saturday night upstairs because I don't want to come out here and go, oh God, I forgot the next point. Some of you need to look in the mirror every day and say, this is a good day. It's a day the Lord has made. And I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Here's what I want to tell you. You need to learn how to express gratitude. Not only get it, you need to learn how to express it. You need to learn how to say thank you. Good job. Way to go. You know, you need to learn how. That's why I've always loved competitive sports because people pick people up. The Bible said that there's carpenters and there's goldsmith. And the Bible said the carpenters encourage the goldsmith. And every man said to his brother, be of good courage. You know what? There's nothing like stepping out of your realm of self and encouraging somebody that you know on the job 
that you know in the church, that you know in the school, that might not, you might not think they need encouragement, but your encouragement probably made their day. Because, you know, sometimes we don't think we can encourage unless we're bigger than or better than or more educated than or make more money than and then we kind of bless down. Why don't some of us that don't have a whole lot bless people that's up? Why don't we bless people? Because everybody in this room runs through difficulties. We run through the gamut. We have hard times. We have tough days. But I promise you, when you walk in this house and you see a smile on people's face and you see the joy of the Lord in this church, you all of a sudden can say, you know what? I can go tell that man over there. I can tell that woman over there. Hey, be of good courage. God is for you. God is with you. And smile when you do it. I preached a sermon several years ago, and, and, and I, I'm, not, I'm not far from finishing. Lord Jesus, I, I could preach all day right now. You folks are pulling it out at me. Somebody said they didn't want to go to Sunday school. They want to hear pastor's story. So here's another story. His name was Charlie Plum, and he was a Vietnam fighter pilot, and he flew off the Kitty Hawk. He, was a, he, flew, a, he flew aircraft off an aircraft carrier. And he had made 76 successful bombing missions in Vietnam. And on his 77th, he was shot down over Vietnam, and he parachuted, ejected out, and floated down to earth behind enemy lines and was captured, was put in prison and stayed there six years. And he learned a lot of stuff in prison, and I preached about it when I talked about, I talked about Charlie. But I, I, I want to describe something to you. I want to describe something to you. When he gets out of the prison, his wife, thinking he's never going to get out, divorces him and remarries. So he comes home, his house is empty, he just come out of POW camp. He's devastated. And all of a sudden, God puts this other woman in his life, and a year and a half later, they get married. And a couple of years after that, they go to a restaurant, and they're eating together, he and his wife, his new wife. And he hears this voice. Hey, you're Charlie Plum. You're Charlie. You're Charlie Plum. And Charlie said, oh, my God, who is that nut over there? Who's that nut over there? And the guy comes over the table and he said, Charlie, 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 it's been years. Yeah. He said, Charlie, I was on the Kitty Hawk. I was on that aircraft carrier the day you flew off. And guess what, Charlie? I packed your parachute. I packed it. And Charlie, seeing you here, tells me it worked. There's a lot of people, oh, I want to preach now. There's a lot of people that pack your parachutes and you don't know anything about it. Next time you drive by and the garbage man is in your area, they love me at my house. I've taken a bottle of water before, but why don't you drive by and say, you're doing a great job. Thanks for taking the stink out of my house. Thanks for clearing this house because if we didn't have you, we wouldn't be able to make it. You ought to thank people that wait on you at tables. You never know the tragedy they might have had to go through before they come to wait that table. And you say, well, they, she's got a horrible spirit. Why don't you make their spirit better than what they had before they started waiting on you? Amen. Amen. I walked up to a, a booth the other day, a, a, a table the other day, and, and this woman was waiting on us. And I said, ma'am, you have got the most pleasant spirit I have ever seen to work with people that are sometimes mean and ugly. She said, you think so? And she's just lit up. 
She lit up. And I gave her a little Starbucks money when I got through. It wasn't a lot. She said, sir, I thank you for being here today. You have made my day. You know what? There's nothing wrong with patting people on the back and saying, you know what? You're my, parach- you're my parachute packer and you're the one that helped me in life. You helped me do things in life and I couldn't make it without you in my life. And you ought to do that for your kids. You ought to do that for your family. You ought to do that for your people in your life. You ought to walk up to them and say, you know what? I want to express a thanks to you because of, and you know what will happen? You'll get happy. You'll get joyful. You'll get grateful and God will baptize you with the spirit of joy. Learn how to say it. Learn how to say thanks. People want to be around happy people. Not whiners and moaners and groaners. People are attracted to happy people. The Bible said a man's spirit's a candle to the Lord. You want to be somebody that the room goes dark when you walk in? Or do you want to be somebody that everybody says, wow, here comes life. The Bible said there was two trees in the garden, one the tree of life and one the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And Adam and Eve ate the wrong tree and sin came. I want this church to eat the tree of life. I want us to enjoy life. But pastor, you don't know. Yes, I do know. Yes, I do know. Because when I went through in 1981, the thing that I went through and I lost my wife and my boy, there there was several preachers in my vicinity that said that judgment had come to my house. I'm closing They said judgment had come to my house and I would never preach the gospel again. And then somebody had the audacity to send me the tapes. And I had the stupidity to listen to them. And it broke my heart. It broke my heart. Because see, the enemy don't don't understand joy. They don't get it. It's not in their war manual. Fear is. Intimidation is. But not joy. Joy is just not there. You don't, you don't get joy in this world. You get a semblance of it, but it's not there. It's for a season, but it's not there. True joy is in Jesus Christ. Amen. And I remember, I remember making up my mind that if God gave me joy as a sharecropper's kid when I was 8, 9, 10 years old, singing to my dog on the back porch, hunky-dory, <laughs> that God could give me joy again in my life. And he did. And the keeper of my joy is named Patty. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And every day, every day I wake up, I am grateful for God. I'm grateful for a sweet wife that stepped into my world. He said, I will heal you back to health. Some of you ought to wake up every morning and say, I thank you, Lord, for being in my life. But I also thank God that there's a pastor that loves me enough to tell me that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. 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 Now, I, 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 don't, don't take this wrong. Don't get up and walk out on me. I'm closing. I'm closing. Some of us need to transform our world by acting like a dog. Pastor, you just insulted me. No, I didn't, say, I didn't call you a dog. I said, act like one. The author of this book, one of the funniest things he said, he said, you know, sometimes I think, he told his wife, I, sometimes I think you treat the dog better than you treat me. Then one day it occurred to him that maybe if I treated my wife as well as the dog treats her, <laughs> maybe she would treat me as well as she treats the dog. The Bible said a living dog is better than a dead lion. <laughs> now let's talk, let's talk, okay? I'm not asking you to go, woof, 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 I'm not. 
we had this miniature schnauzer that I think had the spirit of the Antichrist in her. (laughs) We could not put a trash can on the floor. We could not put anything on the floor. We came home one night, somebody had given us some Ghirardelli chocolates. And we forgot to put the basket up. It was on the couch. And when we got in, there was paper, just meeting us, a paper trail at the door. And we looked, and she was running all through the house. She just run it up the stairs, down the stairs, run it. That dog had so much energy. But when we, when we buried her, when we put her down at 15 years, Patty and I wept. The doctor, precious man, said, Mr. Miss Johnson, I think y'all need to go. We don't want to go. We don't want to go. That dog was precious. Here's the reason. If you went into a room for five minutes and shut the door and came out, she is all over you. That tail. You pick her up, she'd lick you. My wife would come home. And I'd be in there doing something. I'd say, how you doing, babe? Good to have you back. That dog was right there. <laughs> and I'm not saying, I'm not saying you got to go crazy. But I think sometimes we need to get so grateful. So grateful of this thing called life that you can't wipe the smile off our face. Once again, the enemy don't know how to handle joy. Doesn't know how. Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Just a moment. Remember the next time you're in line at Walmart and a person in front of you has 20,000 coupons and you're in a hurry. Focus on sharing some joy with somebody. We're Christ ambassadors, folks. Two statements I'd like for you to put on your your refrigerators this week. Number one is this. Never rewrite your theology to accommodate your tragedy. And failure is not an event. It's just an opinion. I choose to be happy. I choose to smile when I talk. I choose to share joy with everybody that I meet. It's conditioned in my system. Why don't you get some joy conditioning in your life today? Stand all over the building. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bless you before you leave here today. Last Sunday we had a beautiful altar call and many people came and over 100 people received the Lord last week. Clap your hands for that. That's good. I don't sing because I'm happy. I'm happy, therefore I sing. Bow your heads. Lift your hands kind of like this right here. Close your eyes. Dear Father, I really, 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 really do love these people. I love to be joyful. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com 
for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.